You are about to hear a message preached at Church One on the Gold Coast. To find out more about Church One, visit us on the web at churchone.com.au. And be sure to subscribe to these podcasts so you don't miss out on any new messages as they are available. When I was growing up, I was always asked this question. Uh, I don't know if you've asked it to younger kids or when you were a younger child, it was asked of you, what do you want to be when you grow up? Have you ever been asked that question? You know, I, I remember that question being asked, when you grow up, what do you want to do? I remember, I remember saying things like, uh, I want to be a pilot. I really always wanted to fly a plane. I wanted to be a, a pilot. And then, and then I wanted to be an architect, right? And then I thought, yeah, I want to be an architect. That'd be good. I'll design houses and and build them, and I want to be an architect. That will be a really cool job. And uh, I, I'm imagining I was about probably around about, you know, seven, eight years old when I was talking like this. And then I thought, no, 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 you know what I want to be? I want to be a doctor. Everybody wants to be a doctor, right? I want to be a doctor. I'll, I'll be a doctor, and uh, I'll help the ones who are sick. And I thought, yeah, I'll be a doctor, and uh, I'll make lots of money because doctors make lots of money. I'll, I'll be a doctor. And then as I got involved being uh, an altar boy, I thought, you know what? And I want to be a priest. That's what I want to be. I want to be a priest. And how many of you know that childhood dreams don't always equate to Growing up realities. Who knows what I'm talking about? I don't know about you, but maybe many of you here have dreamt of being something when you were a child or as you were maturing, you started to dream when you had your business or maybe when you start your education and you say, you know what, I finished this, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. And for a lot of people, maybe not for all, they never get to experience the fullness of the things that they wanted to be in life. For some, they get incredibly disappointed. I remember my dad saying to me certain dreams and ambitions he had before he died. When I was a young man, he told me certain goals he had for his life, but he never actually achieved those goals. And, and so he died as a man that was very disappointed in himself. Because all of his energy and, and all of his hope was based upon on what he could produce for himself. But the opportunities weren't there or even when the opportunities were there, he was not in the position to actually take those opportunities. Opportunities never run out, ladies and gentlemen. It's just a matter of whether you're in position to actually step into that opportunity. That's why I believe positioning is always important. Not only from the perspective of business and life, from the perspective of the spiritual aspect of who we are in Christ Jesus. Position is so important. So I realized that, you know, it's, it's one thing to want something from God, to believe something from God, but it's another thing to really see that come into fullness. If you, how many have prayed some pretty crazy prayers to God? Put your hand up. Crazy prayers to God. And, and how many of you, if you're brave enough, have seen those crazy prayers come to pass? How many of you have seen those prayers come to pass? 
How many of you have not seen those prayers come to pass? Who's going to be honest with me? Because I prayed some prayers and I haven't seen them happen. Right? Not yet. Love it. Right? Not yet. Today I'm going to talk to you about knowing the difference between praying an audacious prayer, that is a prayer of faith, that has no limits, and how to kind of sort of temper that with your present realities. You see, sometimes you could be so realistic about life and about your Christianity and about your walk with God that you can actually lose sight of what it means to have a childlike faith. On the other hand, you can have a childlike faith where you're just believing for everything, believing for everything, and, and, and that's so good because, you, you know, your, your, your faith doesn't get, uh, you know, touched by the circumstances of your world on one hand, but at the same time you could live in this almost unrealistic world of, of fantasy, praying for prayers that God never meant you to pray. And so Christians kind of sort of waver between these two spaces, the space of extreme pragmatism where, you know, I'm just going to do this and God's with me no matter what I do. And I don't need to pray about it because God's given me the ability to do it. I'm just going to get things done, right? I don't need the thunderbolt and lightning experience to actually do something. You know, they're people that just get things done. And they don't need to kind of get spiritual about things. But on the other hand, you can have the super spiritual Christians who can't do anything unless they are deeply into the spirit to hear what God is saying, uh, somewhere between those two spaces, I believe, is where we need to be. We need to be Christians of action. There are some things you don't need to pray for. Come on, somebody. Someone asks you to help sweep or fold chairs, you don't need to pray to the Lord whether you should do that or not. If there's work to be done, you don't need to do that, you know. Kids, don't say to your parents, Sorry, Mom, Dad, I don't know if I can wash the dishes. I need to pray about it. Let me tell you something. What you're going to get is a five-fold ministry. Pow! Right to the side of the head. No, only kidding. Maybe in the old days, right? Not, not anymore, right? Okay. So, you know, there are things that really we ought to pray about and really intently and intensify our, our, our prayer life. But there are some things that God has already commanded us to do. And so uh, for, for, for mo most of the time, I, I really sense that Christians need the discernment to do which one. Because I believe that Christians often stay when they should go, and they go when they should stay. I'm talking about the battles of life. We retreat when we should be going ahead, and we go ahead when we should be retreating. And the, the balance of that gets you in the right position. And I had a wish list, list in 2019. We only got a couple of days left. I had a wish list and I didn't get everything I wanted. But as I look through my whole life, we've had a bunch of wish lists. Things that we wanted God to do. And, and as we... As I survey our life, as I do an inventory of our life, I begin to realize that God actually fulfilled more of my wish lists than not. It's pretty crazy, actually. I don't have time to tell you what all those things are, but, but I remember one time, I, you know, I was, 
I, I left my, my, my really high-paying job, became a youth pastor, and, 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 and I remember my wife was saying to me one time, I think Hannah was just born, they were two years into full-time ministry, and my wife says, I would really like us to get a big four-wheel drive, like a Prado, and there's no way in the world I could ever afford a vehicle like that. There's no way in the world, so I said, Lord, thank you that you can provide that for us. Obviously, you know where the story is going to end. And, uh, you know, and I said to my wife, I didn't say to my wife, no, you can't have that. We can't afford that. Now, I'm not stupid. I'm not going to promise her anything that I can't produce. But I said to her, one day. So every time my wife wanted something that was beyond me, I would say, one day. And I would say to the Lord, Lord, it's your job to get it done. And, uh, and I think within about six months of that, uh, I went to Toyota, and Toyota Finance gave us a brand new Prado for something like $170 a month. It fitted my salary. I could afford it. And so we had the car that we were believing for with little money. You see, God is able to provide according to what? To your income? No, 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 no. God is able to provide according to what? How much you got? How much you haven't got? No. He provides not according to the limits of your bills. He doesn't provide not according to the limits of your time. He provides according to the riches of His glory. Come on, some, that deserves a clap because God has no limits. He can provide for you not in the way that you think He should provide or the way the pathway that you think might be the way that God should provide. But He does provide for you. He provides for us in the way that we had no idea how, but He makes it happen. Because He's not limited by, by the fiscal system. He's not limited by the banking system. Come on, somebody. He's not limited by my bills. He's not limited by my lack of time or my energy. God is coming from a resource that is unlimited. And when God gives you provision, it's coming from the space that is out of this world. He's able to make things happen out from the invisible realm. And so I, I share this with you because I don't know the disappointment that some of you may have had in this year. If you were to write a new wish list for 2020, not just a New Year's resolution, but a wish list, I'd like God to do this for me. For my family, for my business, for my workplace. I wonder what that would look like. And one thing I'm going to say to you this morning is this. Don't limit God. Are you with me? Don't limit God. And I'm going to answer that with this. Because God can. Come on somebody. Come on, give the Lord a clap. Because God can. He can. So I'm going to bring that back home a little bit and kind of ground that in the Word and ground that between asking God for audacious things and grounding that within the reality of God's will. Turn your Bibles with me to Psalms chapter 37. So the goal of this morning, I guess, that I'd like you to, to understand is Ask Him. Just learn to ask God for the big things in your life. 
He is a big God, and he can make it happen. Uh, the only thing that I probably need to caution you is to understand that your timing is not God's timing. Come on, somebody. Just because you asked it doesn't mean he's going to do it. You know what I love about my, my, what I love and hate about my 12-year-old, my if she's around somewhere, uh, Kyra. Is, are you here, Kyra? She's, that's all right. She, she, does, she doesn't listen to me anyway. So uh, <laughs> it's all right, baby. One thing I love and, and, and dislike sometimes about Kyra is that what I love about her is her tenacity. She does not give up. If she asks us for something, she'll ask it the first time. And we'll say no, and she'll ask it the second time as if we didn't say no to her. And she'll ask again and again and again and again. And uh, my, my, my wife is such a soft-hearted mom that I think she's got a three questions, three requests uh, tolerance. The third time she goes, oh, she's coming. Broken down, and before you know it, Kyra's getting what she wants, you know. So I'm, I'm a bit probably <laughs> tougher than that. But, but here's the point that I'm making. The point that I'm making is, on one hand, it is annoying. Right? It is highly irritating. But on the other hand, if we had the kind of the kind of tenacity in prayer about the things that matter to God and matter to us. Can you imagine what heaven will do for our lives? Even Jesus said, said, said this about the widow that went to the judge. Don't give up in prayer. In fact, the, 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 the idea of that is that Jesus is saying, don't ever stop praying about the same thing over and over again until you see your breakthrough. Now, I'm going to give you Psalms 37 as a keel to this. The problem with Christians is that they fill their boats, their sails with wind, and they launch without having the keel so you can get all over the place. So you need to put a keel on that particular idea. All right, here we go. Psalms 37, verse 3. It says, trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and befriend faithfulness. Faithfulness, tenacity, Never giving up, doing exactly what God's called you to do. That's what faithfulness is. Faithfulness is not just having faith, but continuing to do something even when no one is looking. Something that God has called you to do. And it says, delight yourself in the Lord. Say that with me. Delight yourself in the Lord. Now let's say that again. I think it's been a long year for some of you. Here we go. One, two, three. Delight yourself in the Lord and He will give you the desires of your heart. Now here's the tipping point in having an audacious faith that you can ask God for anything without limits. To ensuring that what you ask Him happens in your life. That is the key. The key to asking God is not about you. Though it benefits you. See, God answers your prayer not only to benefit others, but also to benefit you. There's always destiny in audacious prayers. Are you with me? See, what happens is for most people, we tend to ask God 
for big things to benefit us. What I want out of life. And there's really nothing wrong with that at, at the base level. But as a Christian, as a follower of Jesus Christ, there are two particular scriptures. This is one of them. The other one is Matthew chapter 6. When Jesus says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. So between these two scriptures we see the keel that balances our sailboat as we traverse through some of the hardest storms in life. <clears throat> Listen carefully. What God is telling us is that asking God for audacious thing has to be something that is in line with his will for his kingdom in the world situation you're in, but also it's something that is shaped by His calling in your life, by His destiny, not something that we are willing to happen. I think some of the failures uh, over the years of the teaching of the faith, word of faith teaching is that we have taught people that you can ask God for anything and He will give it to you and we stop there. Because the scripture doesn't stop there. The scripture begins there. You can't just open the door and not tell him what's on the inside. You see, God fulfills every prayer of a believer, of a righteous believer, as long as it's in line with the shaping of the destiny of God for your life. That is why Psalms 37 is so important. It's a trust in the Lord. And it says delight in the Lord. Two things. Trust in Him that He is not only on your side, but He is advocating you and He is using you as a vessel to see His kingdom expand on the earth. And then it says delight. Delight yourself in the Lord. Not in the answer to your prayer. Not in what you're going to get out of Him. Not in what you're going to get out of life. But delight yourself in the Lord. In essence, what it's saying is this. Get yourself into God like you never before. And what God's going to is going to begin to shape your heart outside of your will into His will. And when your heart becomes in sync in rhythm with the beat of God's heart, you're going to start to pray prayers you've never prayed before. You're going to start to ask God for big things. Lord, this year I want to see 30 souls baptized in the Holy Ghost and baptized in water. You're going to begin to say, well, that's too small. Maybe God wants you to pray bigger than that. You see, when your heart begins to begin, how does this work for me uh, Ted, I, I, I run a business. How, how does that work for me? I remember the first time we, we bought a house. It wasn't, it wasn't a, a big house. And, um, and I said to, to my wife, you know, we, we, you know it's, God can provide anything for us. But, you know, we, we need to ensure that whatever he provides for us, we're going to use for his kingdom. Everything that we do. And God will increase I said, Lord, whatever you, you give us, Lord, it's going to be a house of peace. And people will walk into this house and they'll come to know the Lord. And they'll come under the anointing in the space of your presence here. And they're going to come to know you. They're going to be discipled. And I remember I would be reaching out to kids in the street as a youth pastor. And I'd knock, I, I'd knock, I don't knock on the door because I do have a key. 
um, to get into my house. My wife had not locked me out at that stage. Um, <laughs> so I, I come into the house and I said to my wife, oh, by the way, um, so-and-so's here. She goes, who's that? Just a kid I found and he's got no parents and he's staying with us for a bit. And we became a halfway house and and, and we, we ran home groups. We ran discipleship classes. Our home became a place for God's kingdom. You see, what I did was that everything that we did and owned wasn't ours. It was at the disposal of what the Holy Spirit wanted to do with it. See, I believe that God blesses His agenda. I believe God provides for His agenda. So here's the challenge. If seeking the kingdom, for most people when you say seek the kingdom, they think it's serving the church. Do you know you could be serving the church and be in the ministry and not be kingdom minded? It's not the activity, but it's what's happening in your heart and your soul and your spirit and how you see life and how you filter life. For example, in your business, in your workplace, how is the kingdom of God extending through your work, through you in your work, through you in your relationships, through you, through the blessings that God has. I know many of you have been blessed by God this year. How is God going to leverage the blessings He has given you for the extension of His kingdom? That is the key. I believe that God entrusts us when He knows He could at any time tap us on the shoulder and say, Hey, I want this out of you. Reciprocally speaking, maybe one of the reasons we're not moving forward in the things of life that we desire is because we're more focused on our desires than delighting in the Lord. See, here's the whole conundrum of the thing. God is so unlimited in His resources to give you everything that you need in life. Then why isn't it happening? Maybe it's our priority issue. When Jesus said, seek the kingdom first, basically what he's saying, everything that you see must be seen through the filter of the kingdom. Of what I want to do in your life, through your life, in the lives of other people. Your finances, your, you know, your salary, your time, your strength. You, you know, if, if you're sitting at home doing nothing, that is a resource that should be used for the kingdom. We need more volunteers in 2020. Right? If you're not doing anything in 2020, give us your time. We need it. Amen? Five said amen. Didn't get the support. on Amen? Hallelujah. So what am I doing here at the end of the year? Or three things. One, I'm challenging you to make 2020 even a better year than 2019. By putting your hands to the plow and say, everything that I have belongs to God. And because I'm not just going to be calling for blessing in my life, I'm going to be a blessing to many people. Amen. That's what I'm saying to you today. Number two, I'm challenging you to begin to ask God for something you've never asked Him before. What is that? I've already got my list. You see, I don't give Santa my list. I give Jesus my list. And you know what else? Jesus doesn't care if I've been naughty or nice. Well, he cares, but Santa can't forgive me. <laughs> Jesus does. Come on, somebody. 
and, and when you write your list, you know, I, I, can I tell you another story in my life? I remember when I was a single young, young man uh, hoping to find my life partner, right? Some of you know what I'm talking about, right? And I had this piece of paper because I was told by one of my leaders, if you want God to bless you, you need to be specific. So I, I wrote on a piece of paper the list of the kind of woman I wanted, right? And I just wrote everything down on that list. And it was a long list, by the way. And, uh, and, and you know what? I couldn't find her. I just couldn't find her. It's like there's, there's nowhere in the world. I'm thinking to myself, you know, should I start to scratch some of these things off <laughs> to kind of just, you know, increase the field a little bit, right? And, <laughs> and I remember as I was in my 20s, and, and the Holy Spirit said to me, while well, I was in prayer one time, and, and I felt the Holy Spirit said to me, show us your list. I was praying for my life partner. So, man, I was praying for you even before I met you. Uh, so, you know, I was praying for my life partner, and, and the Spirit of God said to me, get rid of your list. And I said, what do you mean, Lord? I said, you're limiting me according to your desire, and you're delighting in me. What happens, I, I, I was becoming enamored by the idea of the kind of life I would control by having the list of conditions of how I wanted God to answer my prayer. But God says, let me be the creative one because I created the world. Because I can do much better than your list. And you know what? God did. Come on. Hallelujah. My wife is much better than any list I could write. You know? So, uh, yeah, she deserves a clap. <laughs> Amen. So what I'm saying to you is, you know, get your list to God for 2020. But make sure that you spend time in delighting in God and making his kingdom the priority of your prayers. Then you can begin to ask for faith-filled, audacious prayers. You want to pray for your marriage? What does God want to do in your marriage? Through your marriage. You want to pray for your business? What does God want to do through your business? I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm hearing that the Star Casino has set aside the budget for the fireworks to give away. If, if you have a business or if, you have a, a, if you're getting a promotion this year, what are you going to do for the kingdom of God with that? Because if your chase is to get more, you're going to burn yourself out. Because you'll get to where you want to be and you'll want more. Because the chase of having more actually deceives us into the system of mammon. If you want more to consume, you'll never have enough margin to be of any use for the kingdom of God. Because the moment you get something, you'll just consume it. You are actually not a sower, you are a consumer. Because God gives bread and seed to the sower. So if you want God to increase your life, you need to start thinking about the kingdom of God in 2020. Get your vision clear. This is why, you know, my wife is saying to you, we're turning our garage into the center for the kids' office. Uh, I know we got our office, but, you know, we got the photocopier there, but there's a lot more space there. And we still use our home for, for meetings continually. Why is that? Because our house belongs to God.
It belongs to God. I know that some have said to me at, at some point in time, you know, that's your sanctuary. You should have peace in that place for yourself and you can relax in that place. That's your space. Yeah, but the presence of God is our sanctuary wherever we are. And if I really wanted to go away, I can go away. We'll just go away and go to Pastor Eugene and Judy's house or something. I don't know. And just hang out there, right? It doesn't matter where I go. We will find a space of sanctuary anywhere and everywhere. See, we can get so caught up in our materialistic possessions as to what belongs to us and what belongs to God. But you see, when you're born again, everything belongs to God if you're a child of God. Everything belongs to Him. See, I find it quite sad in so many ways, and I'm not going to talk about the doctrine of tithing with you, that a lot of Christians do struggle with the, the, the tithing idea, the 10%. I'm not going to justify that or defend that or tell you it's for you or not for you. It's something that's between you and God. But I don't think we're really able to give God 100 if we can't give 10. That's just practical thinking. And yet when a rich young ruler met with Jesus and he says, I want to know how I can inherit the kingdom. Jesus' response was simple. He said, give everything that you got. I don't know whether Jesus really wanted him to give everything that, that he had or whether he was testing him. But clearly, whatever the case was, he failed that test. And when Jesus saw him walk away, the Bible said Jesus had compassion in his heart because he was a good young man who kept the law. He did everything right from childhood, and yet this one thing he couldn't let go. He couldn't let go what he had because he thought what he had was his and not God's. See, it's always hard to let go of something when it's yours. But what belongs to God is for him to do whatever he wants with it, whether it's your family, your time, your energy, your finances, your business, your career, your ambition. <laughs> I didn't become what I wanted to be when I was a kid. I did not become a pilot, did not become an architect, although I studied architecture. I graduated at university, uh, QUT, and, and had my degree in industrial design and didn't get to practice it fully. I became a somewhat of a priest. Because at some point in time, God took my heart with all my wants and all my dreams and all my ambitions and all my desires. And when I handed my heart to Him, He began to shape it. And when He shaped it, somewhere along the way, when the Spirit of God spoke to me about being called into the ministry, I struggled and I resisted. Because on one hand, I had all these dreams of what I wanted to be. And, the, and God had no issue if I became a doctor or became whatever I wanted to be. He had no issue with that. And some people are in that space, and that's amazing because we can't all be pastors. I get that. But for me, in that moment in my life, it was a, a crossroad where I had to decide whether I'm going to give all to God full-time into the ministry. And I knew it was going to be a long road, and and realizing that doing that means that saying no to everything else and, 
and, and, and sacrificing everything else that I had dreams about and just pursuing this road, not knowing what it's going to look like in the future. And still to this day, there's so many places in our future that we don't know what it looks like. But as I continue to allow God to shape my heart and my family's heart to his call, we can continue to pray big prayers, impossible prayers. And we continue to see them come to pass because they're not necessarily my prayers coming from a heart of wanting something more of the world but wanting something more of God. This is a challenge. This is an encouragement. And this is to say that the best is yet to come. And the best is not in what you can earn or what you could achieve or what you could reach or the titles that you will have. But it's about the kingdom significance of everything that you do for 2020. Make your life count. By desiring God and having the faith to ask God for great things in 2020. Because He's able and God can. Can I just close with this story from Jesus? Jesus was confronted by two blind men on the road while He was walking. Jesus saw these two blind men... And Jesus said the most startling thing to them. He asked them this question. What do you want me to do for you? Thank you, Captain Obvious. Right. Jesus was confronted by two blind men. No doubt they probably had somebody going to them. They would have heard about Jesus. We don't all know the story about Jesus healing the blind and proclaiming freedom to the captive. And the blind people knew that they were gonna, that going to Jesus meant that they needed healing, right? That's what you go to Jesus for. But here's a problem for most Christians. We go to God knowing that God is capable and God is able and that God can. And yet we don't ask God for what He's able to do. We kind of just ask God a little bit of what we think doesn't offend Him. Or according to the limitations of our experience with God. You see, Jesus was a carpenter, right? So the two blind men could have gone to Jesus and say, hey, you know, uh, Jesus, we heard you're a carpenter. We need, we need some walking sticks so we can walk around a bit better. You know, so we don't have to have these guys guiding us everywhere. They could have asked Jesus for a cane because Jesus could have easily made them one being a carpenter. See, oftentimes we'll limit God by our own prayers. We'll limit God by what we ask Him. Ask Him bigger than how the way you've been asking Him. Ask Him for greater things. And yes, you can ask Him to bless your work. Yes, you can ask Him to bless your business. Yes, you can ask Him to bless your marriage. Why? So that you could truly be the light that shines for Jesus in the world that you're living in. Your success is God's victory. You see, Jesus asked him, what do you want me to do for you? Because sometimes we need to be clear in our mind that the God that we serve is a God without limits. 
and that we can ask him anything. He said to Jesus said, ask me anything. And if and my, my father is in agreement, it will happen to you. Now here's how audacious God is. In the book of Psalms chapter 2, I think it's about verse 8. He said this, ask of me. And I will give you the nations as an inheritance. Did you just get that? Come on, somebody. Did you hear what I said? God is giving you the cheat code to prayer. He's saying don't just ask for the little things that settle you down. Don't ask for a cane when you know you can get healing for your sights. Don't ask for something so small when God can do more than meet the needs of your bills. Ask Him to provide for you in such a way that you could be a blessing to the nations. Don't just ask for daily bread. Ask for something greater. God said, ask of me and I will give you the nations. That's how audacious God is. In fact, He has laid the whole world before you. God can do anything. Nothing is impossible with Him. Let 2019 finish with that statement. Nothing is impossible with God. Jan Haggai said this, dream something so big that it would fail unless God is in it. Nothing is impossible with God. Amen. Bless the Lord. How many of you need a miracle in your life in 2020? Stand up to your feet right now. If you need God to step into, how many of you need, come on somebody, audacious faith to begin to seek God to do something bigger that you could imagine or think. How many of you today say, hey, pastor, I just need to delight in the Lord. I just need to get my heart shaped <laughs> according to the will of God. I just need my heart shaped. And some of you are carrying wounds in your heart, and it's difficult for God to shape your heart because you need healing in your heart. And, and, and God just wants to heal your heart as He heals your heart. Imagine things that have been broken and God is putting it back together so that He could shape it as a clay to become the heart that knows the heart of God. To be the mind that knows the mind of God. Amen. To become the man that would say, I will serve the Lord my God with all my heart and all my mind and all my soul and all my strength. And God is wanting to reshape you in 2020. And for whatever you've experienced in 2019 that, have broken your, that has broken your heart, that has wounded you, I'm so sorry that you went through that. I'm so sorry that you went through it and probably still in some sort of way are trapped by the pain that you've experienced in your past. But here's what I'll say to you today. God is able. God loves you and He's able. He is for you. He is not against you. He's not fighting against you. He's fighting for you. Just raise your hands to heaven. Whatever the prayer is. And maybe some of you today just have a big prayer for 2020. 
Some of you need to start desiring again for God to come through. So, Father, in Jesus' name, you know every heart and every mind and every situation in the name of Jesus. And I pray, Father, that you would just, whatever needs to be interrupted, you would interrupt. Whatever needs to be reset, that you reset. Whatever needs to be realigned, that you realign in our lives. And ready us for battle in 2020. Get us ready for battle in 2020. So, Father, establish your will. Shape us with your destiny in our hearts. In everything that we do, in Jesus' name. You have just listened to a message preached at Church One on the Gold Coast. To find out more about Church One, visit us on the web at churchone.com.au. And be sure to subscribe to these podcasts so you don't miss out on any new messages as they are available.